You are listening to the Blood on the Tracks podcast, an exploration and celebration of film soundtracks and scores. Welcome back to Blood on the Tracks, an exploration and celebration of movie soundtracks and scores. I'm your host, Lee Russell, and this is episode 26. And this is part two of a three-part sort of deep dive into Canadian horror soundtracks. So the soundtracks of Canadian horror movies, usually the majority of these are full-on Canadian productions... But we do allow for sort of tax shelter write-offs that might just have some Canadian talent, but uh, outside investors, let, let, let us say. Um, but yeah, this time out we're going to look a bit deeper, a little bit further back, focus on some obscure stuff here. Um, there was a lot of obscure stuff I wanted to get, but I couldn't. Sourcing stuff in this episode took up a lot of my time, so... I might have a little less information as far as background goes for some of these than I usually would. But that being said, um, yeah, the, at least the first half of this uh, episode is going to focus on some older stuff and obscure stuff that you probably never heard of. So, um, yeah, I think that's worthy to bring on, even though the quality of some of this stuff is bad. Like I said, had trouble sourcing a lot of this stuff. Uh, like, just some of this doesn't have soundtrack o- albums out there that exist. So, um, I'm ripping shit, and you're gonna hear background noise and maybe dialogue in some places and stuff like that in some of these tracks. Um, fuck, you're even probably hearing the background noise of my fans in this room because it's hot as shit. So first we're going to look at what is credited as the very first Canadian horror movie, and that would be The Mask from 1961. Uh, Myron Schaefer did the score, and it's a very uh, atonal kind of score, very trippy movie. First Canadian movie to use 3D as well, and uh, a lot of gore in it. And it's very much uh, reminiscent of The Skull with uh, Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee, and in certain ways... Very psychological horror, sort of cursed object, makes the uh, person who uh, uses it, you know, trip out and have hallucinations and become violent. So, uh, very similar, honestly. Uh, It would make a good double bill with the skull. Then we're going to look at the song Waterbug from Playgirl Killer from 1967. Uh, This was done by Neil Sedaka, who is actually in the movie. The movie itself is not great. It's just the sort of typical, you know, crazed artist kills his models kind of storyline. Nothing original there. But I just thought there was a little bit of goofy fun to stick this in here because the song Waterbug is basically a rarity. Like, I don't think there's any sort of pressings of it anywhere that's, that are available. If they are, they're in some dude's attic somewhere, long forgotten about. Um, I couldn't find a clean studio version of this anywhere, so there you go. And then we're going to finish off this first little block of songs with Le Diable et Parmi Nous. And my French is terrible. It's about as worse as my Italian, so uh, you get what you pay for. 
Um, that translate is, translates to The Devil is Among Us, and that's from a movie called Possession of Virginia from 1972, a uh, Quebec-made film uh, capitalizing on the sort of uh, supernatural uh, possession films and uh, stuff like that. Uh, very much a, a slew of those came out of Quebec around this time. Probably because the sort of Catholicism in uh, sort of Quebecois culture. Uh, so you would see a lot of directors dealing with Catholicism in horror, drama, all other you know aspects of film, all the different genres. And uh, this was done by Francois Cousineau. I'm probably butchering that as well. I'm sorry, Francois. And we'll be right back.
Well, at first, I didn't like the idea of Betty being engaged to a rock and roll singer. But they're in love, so I guess it's up to us to help make them happy. You know, I'm beginning to like this kind of music. Well, personally, I'll be glad when Betty and all these kids leave. If you like to swim, then baby, jump right in. If you like the cow, then you can do it now. Well, baby, listen to me. If you like to move, put them all together and you'll catch a groove. And everyone, have fun and what a buzz. Arlene, I'm leaving the chauffeur with you to help you close the house. Oh, Dad, we've been over this a hundred times before. You take the chauffeur. I can manage fine by myself. Okay. Well, okay, dear. But please be careful. Dad, don't worry. Good night, dear. Good night.
selections here before we get to the end of the first half of the show first off is Song of Solomon from the Picks and the Picks is from 1973 it's one of these cultists in the city uh, it's got hookers it's got drugs it's got Christopher Plummer as a detective it's got Karen Black I believe is a prostitute and Karen Black uniquely enough in this is actually credited in the soundtrack she provides vocals for several of the songs in this so that's cool uh very folksy 70s kind of stuff but very haunting at the same time so i thought it was a unique selection to throw in here then we're going to look at a suite that i made myself for the film called the corpse eaters from 1974 credited as the very first sort of major gore film from canada although it's basically a lost film to some extent it's, it's kind of just somewhat forgotten unknown uh probably for good reason because it was made for thirty six thousand dollars and it's ultra cheap um the story doesn't make a lot of sense it's kind of confusing it's it's way too convoluted for the premise and it's basically you know just kids running into zombies basically is, is what it is although it's it's got some fairly uh <laughs> Uh, seedy sex scenes in it for the time and yeah the soundtrack itself is very uh it's a mixture of things uh, it, it's it's got some stuff that sounds like library tracks that are you know reproductions of sort of current rock songs and then there's just a lot of electronica stuff that there's no credit to anybody for any of this shit that i could find so I basically pulled a bunch of this stuff directly from a rip of the movie. So you're going to hear a little bit of dialogue maybe here and there. Uh, it might cut out halfway through the middle of the song, but I tried to make it fairly cohesive. So um, you get what you pay for basically yet again. That's, that's probably my biggest saying on this show. You get what you pay for, and you ain't paying for shit. But yeah, Corpse Eaters, uh, the unique thing about this film is that the person who made it was obviously a lover of William Castle because they throw a William Castle style gimmick into this film and you'll hear that at the beginning of the suite that I made where they show this sweaty man in the theater who's all nervous about this horror film and the graphic violence that's to come and every time a scene of graphic violence is going to show up they'll hit you with this stinger and this visual of sort of like psychedelic kaleidoscopy shit and that will warn you that shocking shit is ahead, so you should maybe turn away if you're weak of stomach. And this film actually used that shit in the film. Probably to pad time, honestly, because the, the, the film is about an hour in length. 
and uh, that's after cuts. This was chopped down a lot. I think there might be a slightly over an hour version of this film somewhere, but uh, I haven't seen it. And I'm not going to really look hard for it either, to be quite frank with you. But yeah, that's going to take us to the end of the first half of the show, and then we'll be back after a break.
Thimbados speaks to you, his chosen ones. You can download the podcast. Ignore the podcasts that suck. To this end, Timbadas the podcast is available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. The podcast is good. Snobs are evil. Snobs ruin discourse and cause film lovers to become jaded. But Timbadas shoots death and purifies film conversation from snobs. Go forth and download. They must be destroyed on sight. Timbadas! back for the second half of the show and yeah last show I actually promised more tracks we have slightly more tracks in the show but uh, the third show will be strictly a lot of tracks I promise I'm gonna double down on that and promise <laughs> but uh, we have two more things to get to here before we end off the show so first off we're gonna look at a suite from Shivers directed by David Cronenberg of course from 1975 this is done by Howard Shore, who uh, was a longtime collaborator with Cronenberg in his early stuff. And, yeah, I mean, nothing more else to say, but it's shivers. Little slugs that turn people into sex maniac zombie things in an apartment building, and all hell breaks loose. And, yeah, this is a collection of the music, and there's definitely some dialogue in here and some other stuff going on. Um, I don't know where I got this from. Uh, well, I sourced it from one thing, but um, it's apparently from the official soundtrack, so there you go. Uh, and then we're going to finish off with some more Cronenberg. How about that? 1981, Scanners. Some might argue it's just a sci-fi movie. I say straight-up fucking horror. You got exploding brains, man. You got exploding brains and creepy mind transfers at the end and shit like that. Um, this is Interrogating Kim from Scanners, and again, Howard Shore, and the thing I love about this score for this whole thing is there's this, a lot of electronica stuff in here, and there's a lot of this sort of buzzing in the background of a lot of these little cuts from the soundtrack, and it just really plays upon you, the idea of, you know, people scanning different people's minds and stuff like that, and Maybe, you know, you think of, like, the background noise that maybe these scanners are kind of sucking into their brains as they're trying to, like, read people's thoughts. And uh, it's just incredibly effective. It's, it's just so simple, but so effectively done. And uh, it's a great score. So, yeah, we're done for part two. Back for part three in a month's time. Hope you guys enjoyed this. But uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. And we'll be back in August. Hello, I'm Ronald Merrick, and I'm here to invite you aboard our Starliner. Yes, it's true. Day-to-day living becomes a luxury cruise when you've made your home at Starliner Tower Apartments. 
Although downtown Montreal is only 12 and a half minutes away, once you've crossed the Carrier Bridge to Starliner Island, the noise and the traffic of the city might as well be a million miles away. Leave your car and the tension of the city in a space reserved for you in our vast underground garage. If friends have followed you home, there's convenient parking for them on ground level. Invite them up to share the breathtaking view from your balcony or picture window. Gracious hospitality is easy in any Starliner apartment. They all come fully equipped with the most modern name-brand electrical appliances, and cable TV is standard too. Relax by the side of our heated Olympic-sized swimming pool and watch the St. Lawrence River flow by on its way to the sea. Exercise the fun way on our nine-hole golf course designed by international golf pros. Or, if tennis is your game, you won't have to wait for playing time on our multiple courts, day or night. Explore our island paradise, secure in the knowledge that it belongs to you and your fellow passengers alone. Cruise the seasons, the sun and the stars without ever leaving the great ship Starliner. It's all here. A restaurant complete with takeout service, a variety store, delicatessen, boutique, drugstore, dry cleaning service. They're here to serve you. And don't forget our on-premises dental and medical clinics staffed by the world's finest professionals. Sail through life in quiet and comfort. Cruise Starline. Studios, one-bedroom, and two-bedroom apartments are now available. From Starco, a division of General Structures Incorporated.
Nicholas, there's a call for you. won't cure, why don't you come and join me for dinner? Everything from Felipe's. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Why don't you come and join me? I loathe to eat alone. It makes me feel so fat and lonely. I always order for two. Okay. Yeah. 
On the labor front, talk of an impending steelworkers strike has municipal officials on the defensive. Spokesmen for the steelworkers union are asking for a 20 
time is 5.26 a.m. This is Gerald Keyes with a Mediascope Sunrise News Bulletin. There is still no confirmation by Montreal City Police concerning alleged reports of a citywide wave of violent sexual assaults. The assaults, believed to have originated in the vicinity of Starliner Island, began late last night and have spread with increasing frequency this morning. Reports of the attacks have been termed irresponsible and hysterical by a Montreal City Police spokesman. Stay tuned for further details on Mediascope News at 6.
Thank you for listening to Blood on the Tracks. For other episodes of this podcast, as well as our main podcast, They Must Be Destroyed on Site, please visit us at tmbdos.podbean.com. Thank you. Drive through.